we're going to get ready to get into our, uh, our series. And the series title for this month is The Next Step. The Next Step. And I believe as we enter here into 2021 that we have to position ourselves and have our minds right and our minds set for what God has next for us. Because we thank God for everything that he's done in our lives. Praise God. We thank God for everything that he's done, all the distance that he's brought us from, uh, the change that he's brought in our life, but we know that God is not done with us. So the question is, what is the next step? And, and this month, we're going to be tackling that, and we're going to be looking at that, what's the next step that God has for us? So that's the title of this series for this month. So we're going to read a scripture in just a moment together, Isaiah chapter 43. So if you want to prepare and you want to turn there, we're going to read Isaiah chapter 43. But here we are. In 2021, man, just, just the sound of that sounds so futuristic. 2021, who could imagine? But here we are. 2020 is gone, thank God. 2020 has, has passed, and we're now entering into a new year. Praise God. We thank God again for keeping us and for all that he's done. But here we are in 2021, and as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about some of the, uh, the movies in the past that, Try to, to foretell, so to speak, what the future would be like. And again, we're, we're here in, in 2021. And I was looking at a list of a couple movies, and this list was called uh, Those Movies That Got It Right or Semi-Right, okay? So there's a couple examples here. I have eight of them. First is Star Trek. Any Star Trek fans here? In 1987, they, uh, they had tablet devices, and I have some, some images up here. Here you see Steve Jobs and... 2010 holding up a tablet, right? So there's an example. What about Back to the Future? 1989, there was Marty McFly. Wearable media. You remember in part two, he was there at dinner, and he was, he was lost in these virtual reality glasses. This was way back in 1987, in 1989. Wearable media. One of the best movies of all time. Airplane. <laughs> Airplane 2, 1982, talked about full body scanners. Who would have thought? But this day and age, when you go to the airport, right, they can search you in a moment, and I'll tell you what, they see everything. Full body scanners, airplane too. Total Recall, 1990, self-driving cars. Minority Report, 2002, multi-touch interfaces. Iron Man, 2008, motion control. Star Wars, 1977, vacuum robots. How about that? And number eight on the list, Way back in 1968, Space Odyssey, the virtual voice there, the virtual being Hal, and today we have Apple's Siri, we have Alexa, we have all these virtual voices that you ask them a question, they'll answer back, and they'll give you all the info that you need on that subject. So here were some examples of movies that, that got it right. But who could have thought that the things that we went through in, in, in 2020, that the world went through, that the world is still going through. Who would have thought? But the beautiful truth is that despite the way things get, God knows. God is not taken by surprise, church. From the most personal issues that we face in our life to the global issues that our world is facing, God is not surprised at anything taking place. He he sees it. He sees what's going on. And I'll tell you what, we're blessed because God is faithful. And the Bible says where sin abounds, grace abounds that much more. And I believe where trouble abounds, where hardship and circumstance abounds, wherever difficulties abounds, God's grace is there for you and I. Can you say amen? 
God knows everything, and his grace is there for you every step of the way. So take courage tonight. This year, at the start of this new year, I believe God wants us to consider what's the next step for us in our lives personally, in the ministries that we're a part of, in the influence that, we're, that, that we are blessed to have with our coworkers, with our families, the ability to be a light in this dark world. What's the next step? 2021 brings new things, and whether they be blessings or whether they be difficulties, God is faithful, God is tried, and God is true, and God will always be faithful to us. And tonight, as we read this, this passage, Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, let's read that, and then we're going to pray tonight. The Bible says this, as this is the series of texts uh, for, for, the, for the entire month. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Let me just stop right there. We are so good sometimes, aren't we, at remembering the past, remembering our hang-ups, re remembering the difficulties, remembering the things that may have tripped us up, remembering the things that hurt us, remembering the, the offenses, remembering all these things. But here the Lord's giving us some instructions. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. That's good news tonight. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for that truth. Praise God. Let's bow our heads tonight as we pray. Father, we're so thankful, my God, to come into your presence, God. We're thankful for everything, God, that, that you've done in our lives, God. We thank you for keeping us, Lord. We thank you for bringing us this far, Lord, and we know that we are a work in progress, that you're not done with us, oh God. Father, I just pray, Lord, that you would have your way, that you would speak to our hearts. Holy Spirit, speak. Speak tonight. Bring revelation to our lives. And, Lord, we pray for those uh, that are not here tonight, Father, because of physical ailments or sickness, Lord. We pray for them right now, Lord. We intercede. We stand in the gap, Lord. Bring healing, Father God. Your word says that by your stripes we are healed, Father God. And we believe for our brothers and sisters, God, that are battling physical infirmity tonight, God, even uh, throughout the world, Father, that you would move and that you would bring healing, Father God. We believe tonight. We believe, my God, and we thank you. We give you praise, honor, and glory. We ask in Jesus' name. We all say, amen. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Tonight, what I want to talk about as we talk about the next step is hold fast to the vision. That's the title of tonight's message. Hold fast to the vision. God's given us a vision. God's given us a goal. God's given us goals in our lives. Things that he wants us to accomplish are very destiny. You and I have to hold fast to that. As we're going to look at tonight, there are many things that will come against us that will try to, to derail us from pursuing everything that God has for us. Life, a curveball, so to speak. Things will come into our lives and things will try to come against us to derail the very plans of God in our life. But we have to hold fast to the vision. Jeremiah 29, 11 is the scripture I want to I want to spring off uh, tonight. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Who receives that this evening? That is the scripture that we should highlight in our word, that we should make a note somewhere, something that, that, that should always tell us that God has a beautiful plan for us.
Whenever the devil would try to lie to you and tell you that you're an accident, that you don't have any purpose, that God is through with you, that you've messed up one too many times and God has washed his hands of your life. That's not what the Bible says. The Lord says here that I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Now, I don't know about you. When I came into Christ many years ago, I had all kinds of, of notions of what God was or who God was or, or what I thought his character was about. And many times we could think of God and we could imagine God being there in heaven with a baseball bat ready to just pound us over the head because of the mistakes that we've made. That he's just waiting for us to approach his throne so that he could just, he could just tell us of all the things that, he's, that we've done wrong. That he could, he could correct us, he could discipline us, he could beat us over the head with truth. We have all these thoughts of, of who God is. But we look into the perfect word of truth, the perfect law of liberty, and we have scriptures just like this where the Lord tells us the plans I have for you, they're plans for good, not for disaster. God wants to prosper you. God wants to bless you. God wants to show himself to you. He wants to love on you to give you a future and hope. Now, it's the devil that wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Isn't that right? That's what the Bible says. That's the devil's desire for our lives. It's not God's desire. God's desire is that we would experience his good plans. The Bible says it's his will that none would perish, but that all, all would come to repentance. So tonight, if you're in this place, if you're watching online, if you're in the tent, wherever you're at tonight, if there's breath in your lungs, there's hope for you. God's not done with you. You're a work in progress. I'm a work in progress. So don't get fed up. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Hold fast to the vision because God has a plan for us. So tonight as we talk about vision, as we talk about the goals that God has for our lives, the things that we have to pursue in our lives, the first thing we have to understand is that God has a vision for you and I. What's God's vision for us? That's what we have to first look at. And as we look in our scripture here where it says, I know the plans I have for you, they're plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Let's break this scripture down. First of all, God has a plan for you. What's the encouragement there? The encouragement is, again, you're not an accident. You were born with a purpose. You were born... This day, this time, this day and age, you were created to be alive and your existence was created to be alive in this point in time so that you could do something awesome for God, so that God can use your life. God has given you purpose. You're not an accident. Despite what the devil may say or what the, uh, what the lies may tell you, you are not an accident. You have purpose. God has a plan for you. Secondly, God's plans are good. Thank you, Jesus. Whatever God has planned for you, it's for good. It's not for evil. He wants to bless you. That's God's plan for you. It's not for disaster. He wants to give you a future, something that you could look forward to. Now, the past is the past. There's nothing we can do about that. And I know we've heard this so many times, church. But sometimes we could live in the past, in the past failures, and even the past successes, the past blessings. But God wants us to look forward because he wants to do a new thing in our lives. Perhaps in 2020, you've gone through some difficulties, through circumstances, through things that you've never been through. I think we can all say that. But God desires to give you a future. He has something beautiful for you in the future. He has a beautiful plan for your family. He has a beautiful plan for your children. Although they may be prodigal right now, they may be wayward, God has a beautiful plan for them. 
at your job, in your career, in your family, in the four walls of your home. God has a beautiful plan. You and I have to believe that. God has a vision for us. God's desire for us is good. It's good. God is a good God. Can you say amen? God is a good God. And we don't have to look far. We don't have to look, we don't have to look far to see how good God's been in our life. And I'll tell you what, the things that we've been through, the experiences that we've had, yes, perhaps even this, this last year, but God is good. Look at here you are tonight. Man, oh man, there are other places you can be, but here you are in the house of God. Here you are watching online. Those of you in the tent, here you are uh, tonight in the house of God, in the presence of God. And I'll tell you what, what an encouragement it brings me to see the faces of my brothers and my sisters, my pastors, day in and day out, fighting the good fight of faith. I thank God for it, and it's such an encouragement to me. The very fact that you show up means that you show off. You show off for God because you're saying, yes, I'm going to go on another day. I'm going to fight another day. God's been faithful, and I'm going to go on. There's so much that we could take comfort in, church. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8. Listen to what the Lord says. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. Church, this is good news. He goes before you. Perhaps you're worried about tomorrow. You're worried about an upcoming appointment. You're worried about an upcoming meeting uh, there at your job. You're worried about something that is coming your way that you know about in the, the near future. Well, I'll tell you what. You can declare over that situation that it's the Lord that goes before me. It's his battle. It's not my battle. I have no control over it. It's God's battle. He's the one that goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. God is with you tonight. God is with you in that circumstance, in that trial, in that situation. God is with you. He's right there with you. Sometimes we could feel alone. Sometimes we could believe the lies of the enemy that says there's no one there that understands us. God is right there with you. And this is what the Bible says here in Deuteronomy 31.8. Please, please remember this passage. Highlight it there in your Bible. Mark it in your Bible. If you don't have a pen, borrow a pen with a person next to you. Deuteronomy 31.8. Remember this scripture. God has a vision for you. His plan for you and for me is good. Praise God. Secondly, as we talk about the goals, the, the vision for our lives, we have to lay hold of the vision. Now, God brings revelation, and he gives us, us vision for our lives uh, personally. For example, I, I have vision that my, my children will grow up in the things of God, and, and when they get older, they'll be able to make their own decision to serve God for themselves. Right now, they don't have a choice. They have to come to church because mommy and daddy say so. But I pray, and my prayer is that one day when they get to that age and they're making their own decisions, that they will be able to drive themselves here to church, that they, on their own will, their own accord, will be able to serve God. That's, that's, that's one of the visions I have for my family. So what does that cause me to do? It causes me to invest in them. It causes me to, to lead them in the things of God. It causes me to be an example there at home. In, my, in the four walls of my home. See, having this vision for, for my family, for my children, causes my wife and I to live a certain way. And, and that's what vision does to us. And there, you may have vision for, for uh, your family, for your children, for your extended family, for your job, maybe your career, all these visions. 
We understand that God gives, gives us these things, and we have to hold fast to those things. But I want to look tonight at some, at some fundamental visions that you and I need to have because we're, because we're Christians, because we're believers. And the first thing that I want to look at is that we have to have a vision to reach the lost. That is still what the kingdom of God is about. It's not just about you and I coming to church day in and day out and, and, just, and just keeping it for ourselves. Jesus came to seek the lost, right? He came for those that are sick. That's what the Bible says. That's what, that's what he came for. So you and I, although we're blessed and we thank God for everything he's doing here within our church, he wants more people to come in. He wants us to reach the lost. He wants us to reach out to our coworkers, to our neighbors, to our family. We have to reach the lost. Matthew 28, verse 18. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Reach the lost, church. We have to reach the lost. We have to have a heart to reach the lost. And if you and I position ourselves and we, we internalize this vision and, and we become serious about it, what this is going to do is it's going to cause us to look for opportunities to share the gospel. If we wake up in the morning and we understand it's my vision today to reach the lost, you and I are going to be looking for opportunities there at work with your neighbors, there at the bus stop, there at, at whatever, wherever you're at, we're going to look for opportunities to reach the lost. We have to lay hold of the vision. One is reaching the lost. Secondly is living a life of surrender. Living a life of surrender. It's not about our personal ambitions and what we can accomplish and, you know, how much we can accomplish in this world, but it's, it's about living a life of surrender, allowing God to use our lives. This is what Paul said in Romans chapter 12. That we lay our, our body, we present our body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, well-pleasing to the Lord. That's the will of God. That's what sacrifice is. That, that's what surrender is. God, what do you want to do, do in my life, Lord? This year, 2021, I lay my life before you. However you want to use my life, Lord, do so. Do it. That's, that should be our attitude. Paul in Acts chapter 26, verse 19, when he was there talking with King Agrippa, and he was testifying, he told King Agrippa this. He says, therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Paul, truthfully, in his life can say that I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Now, what heavenly vision has God given you? One, he's told us to reach the lost. Now, we're going to look at a few others tonight, but I pray that at the end of my life, I can, I can boldly say with truth that I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, that I stayed the course, that I fought the good fight, that, yes, I started off strong, but even better yet than starting off the race strong, we're able to finish strong. That is what it's about. It's good to start the race. It's good to enter into the race, into the battle, praise God. But the glory comes when we pass the finish line. Can you say amen? That glorious day comes when we enter into the kingdom of God and the Lord tells us, well done, good and faithful servant. 
I thank God for the first day of my salvation, but I'm going to thank God so much more when it's the last day when I enter into glory with Christ Jesus. Praise God. That's going to be the glorious day. Amen. Live a life of surrender. Third, prepare others for ministry. As faithful as you are to your ministry, are you preparing others for ministry? Are you training up those that are coming up under you? Are you imparting what you know into those that are, that are serving under you? 2 Timothy 2, 2. You have heard me teach these things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. This is the model of discipleship. As you and I learn from those that are above us, from our leaders, from those that God's placed over our lives, we take that and we teach that to other faithful people as well. And what happens is the kingdom of God continues to grow and it continues to go on. Why? Because you're not holding it for yourself. You're thinking in terms of the vision and you're preparing others, prepare others for ministry through your exampleship, through your faithfulness, through your attitude, through your character. Be faithful in these areas and you'll be able to teach others and prepare others for ministry. Because I got news for you. You and I, we're not going to be around forever. Can you say amen? I, as I said in the beginning, it's 2021. Who would have thought? But here we are. We have to prepare others. We have to prepare. We have to prepare. So reach the lost. Live a life of surrender. Prepare others for ministry. And then fourth, catch the vision to help people. Have a hospitable heart. A hospitable spirit. Someone that is willing to help other people. Yes, perhaps even, you know, here in our four walls of the, of the local church, of our church, but even outside, perhaps your neighbors or, or your coworkers, Romans 12, 13, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. God moves mightily through that. God moves mightily through that spirit of hospitality. When someone steps foot in the church for the first time, I'll tell you what, when I first stepped into New Harvest many years ago, I remember the smiling faces that greeted me. To this day, as though it was yesterday, I remember, I remember that someone greeted me with a welcome. I'll never forget it. Because we remember, right? We remember when people make us feel welcome. Doesn't that live... That doesn't that leave such an impression on our heart? Whether you go to someone's house or, or wherever you go, someone that is hospitable to you, man, it just, it just blows your socks off. Like, wow, look at this person. They're just so hospitable. And people remember that. How much more in the kingdom of God? A friendly face, a smiling face, a kind gesture. And I bet... I bet those folks, when I first walked in, when I first got saved and I entered into church, I'm sure they probably had a hard day. They had their trials that they were going through, but they made a decision that, one, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go to church today. Secondly, I'm going to be a smiling face to someone. So I'm going to encourage someone, and I'll tell you what, it's made a world of difference in my life. So that encourages me to do the same thing to others. So live a life of hospitality. Have uh, Catch a vision to help people. So we understand that God has a vision for us. Secondly, we have to lay hold of the vision. We have to hold on to the vision. And thirdly, 
we have to keep momentum. Keep momentum. Now, I think we, we sometimes don't understand the, the blessing of momentum and the benefit of momentum until we lose it. Here we are. We're just getting through the holidays, right? Maybe at work you had an extended uh, period of time off. Um, you know, however the, the holidays fall on the calendar, we're given some time off. And I'll tell you what, I thank God for it. I thank God for some time to, to recharge your batteries, so to speak. But I'll tell you what, when it's time to, to rev up the engine and that momentum has to be gained again, right? That Monday morning comes and you got to get back to work. It's, it's a little bit harder that Sunday or that Sunday night, you know, thinking about, man, I got to go back to work. And that Monday morning, you got you to gotta give a, a little bit more oomph to get that momentum going. See, that's what happens sometimes. I thank God for the rest and let our rest be with purpose, but it, let it not be because of laziness because if we lose momentum, it takes that much more effort to get it back. Don't lose momentum. Never lose momentum regarding the vision that God has for us. Never put it on the shelf. Yes, we may rest. We may take some time off, but we never put the vision of God on the shelf. We have to keep momentum. Now, as we talk about this, we have to understand that we have to be wary of the distractions in our lives, the things that would come to distract us. Now, listen to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Two things are powerful to me in that passage. The Lord ministers to me. One, we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. People are watching you. People are watching you. They're watching you and I. So we're, we're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, people that are watching our lives. So this should encourage us to live right. This should encourage us to have a good attitude. To, to keep a smile on, on, on our face, right? To have a good attitude. To have that momentum. Because... We're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, and as we, as we continue to be faithful with the vision, we're able to be an example to them. Secondly, lay aside every weight in the sin that so easily ensnares us. Now, when you think about a marathon, and you look at, if, if you've ever seen a marathon or marathon runners, I mean, think about their very attire, the clothes that they're wearing. They're not wearing all kinds, you know, of heavy clothing. I mean, every, they're very intentional with even the attire that they're wearing. It's as light as can be. Why? Because they want every amount, every ounce of effort that they exert to be focused on them running, not carrying this thing or that thing, not carrying, you know, all this, this excess weight. And that's what sin does to you and I, church. We're in a marathon. We're running this race. But as we allow things to latch onto our lives, as we allow sins to, to, to take hold in our lives, what it does is it affects our pace. It affects our ability to run and to finish this race. That's what sin does. The Bible says lay aside every weight. Here we are in, the, in January. We're having a 21-day fast. Praise God for that. And I pray if you're not participating, participate in one way or the other. There's something that you can sacrifice, that you could lay aside so that you could focus more on Christ this month. Lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us. What is it? I pray that the, I pray the Lord's ministering right now. The Holy Spirit's bringing revelation. Some things in our lives that we have to let go of. Things that we may have coddled in 2020, but this year, 
God has new ground for us. God has new, new land, new, new areas that he wants us to conquer. But we're not going to be able to enter it if we don't forsake the old things, if we don't let the past go, if we don't let those sins go. God is saying, let it go so that you can inherit this new land that I have for you, this new arena that I want you to enter in, this new area of ministry perhaps, this new level of anointing. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. God wants us to enter into new areas of our lives. But if we're holding on to the past, to these things, it's going to hold us back. Lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. We have to keep momentum. Some common distractions that vie for our attention when it comes to our vision and keeping the momentum is, is one is the past, as I touched on in the beginning. Now, the past is to be a reference point for you and I. Let it be a reference point. Let it not be our home and where we dwell and what we think about every single day. Yes, even the mistakes that we've made, let it be a reference point. My God, I learned from this, and I'm moving on. The past is a past because we can't change it. Let it be a reference point, not a place to live. Now, 1 John chapter 3, verse 18 through 21, this is an encouraging scripture because sometimes the past will try to come up and try to affect our present and our future. The devil will try to remind us of our past to hinder our future. Now, listen to this. 1 John 3, 18 through 21, my little children... Let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. Now listen to this, verse 20. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. That's good news tonight. That's good news tonight. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. If you're struggling tonight with your past, I'll tell you what, this is, this, is, this is gospel here. If you've brought it before Jesus and you've asked for his forgiveness and you've given it to him and you have forsaken it, I'll tell you what, God has taken that sin and the Bible says he's cast it into the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered again. That's what the Bible says. So whenever the devil tries to come around and try to remind you of the past and how you tripped up. Whenever he, he, he rears his ugly head and he tries to remind you of these things, I want us to remember this passage, 1 John 3.20. And yes, even if our heart condemns us, even if our very heart tries to betray us and condemn us and say, you're no good, you're never going to amount to anything. You're not going to change. Yes, even if our heart says that, the Bible says here that God is greater than our heart and he knows all things. You know what he knows? He knows that his son Jesus died for you. He knows that his son Jesus died and was a sacrifice for you for that sin that you've confessed. He knows that he said that I will take your sin and I will cast into the deepest sea of forgetfulness never to be remembered again. That's what God knows. And sometimes we try to remind God. We try to bring it up. And God says, I forgot about that. I let it go. I let it go already. Why don't you let it go? Leave it at the altar. And tonight I believe that we're going to be able to come to the altar. We're going to be able to leave these things so that we can start this year off right. 
In verse 21, beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. Praise God. You're redeemed tonight. You are redeemed tonight by the blood of Jesus. Do you accept that? Do you receive that? You're redeemed by the blood of Jesus. It doesn't matter what kind of past you had. The Bible says if there's breath in your lungs, there's hope among the living, the Bible says. So as long as there's breath in your lungs, there's hope for you. And if you've come to Jesus and you've asked for his forgiveness, you're forgiven. It's a done deal. Jesus says, it is finished. Let that affect us as we, as we enter into this new year. We don't need the baggage from the past. We don't need it. We don't need it this year. We don't need it. We're going to have to, to be able to concentrate and focus all of our energy and run, in running this race the way God wants us to run it. Not about carrying this thing or that thing or this past hurt or that past situation. We have to let it go. If we're going to keep momentum, we have to let the past stay in the past. Secondly, the temporary things of this world, we have to keep them in their rightful place. Matthew 6, 19 through 21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I thank God for the blessings. I thank God, yes, even for the material blessings he's blessed us with. But I'll tell you what. I have to remind myself each and every day that my eyes should be fixed not on the blessing, but on the blesser. That Jesus is my treasure, not what he's given me. I thank God for what he's given me. I thank God for what he's blessed me with. But if I have my eyes focused on Jesus as my treasure, if I lose that blessing, if that thing goes on or I have to bless someone else with it, it's okay. If God knows I need it again, he's going to give it to me again. Why? Because I'm keeping my eyes on him. Don't get lost in the material blessings. Don't get, don't get distracted on the things of this world. Keep our eyes on Jesus. James chapter 4, verse 14, Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. This should put in perspective the material world that we, that we live in, the things that we have. Thank God for them, but one day they're going to pass away. They're going to vanish. And then thirdly, as I prepare to close, as we have our music ministry uh, can make their way up, if we're going to keep momentum, we have to let the past stay in the past. We have to keep the temporary things in their rightful place. And we have to address the lust of the flesh, the, eye, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. First John 2, 16 and 17. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. The things of this world, the lustful pleasures, the lustful ambitions, the things of this world that would try to deter us from following God, we have to forsake those things. Forsake them. We have to sacrifice and live a life of surrender. And in doing that, we'll keep the momentum. Because there's a great work ahead of us, church. We've accomplished a lot so far, and we thank God for that. But the work's not done yet. There's a great work in front of us. Speaking in terms of, of ministry, 
in different aspects of ministry. Here in the church, in our fellowship, in our homes. It's not a sprint that we're in. We have to think about the full race, the marathon. God wants us to finish strong. And if you and I apply these things in our lives tonight, if we remember these things and we focus on the next step that God has for us, if we understand that God's vision for us is good and perfect and pure, if we understand that we have to lay hold of the vision, we have to embrace it and hold on to it, because there are going to be things that try to come and steal it away from us, that, uh, that come to distract us. If we allow the past to just stay in the past and be a reference point, we tell those things in our life, the material things that, yeah, I, I appreciate that God's given them to me, but that's not where my heart is tied. My heart is tied into Jesus. If we do these things, and we're going to be able to keep the momentum this year, 2021. I pray this year is a turning point. I believe it's a turning point. The things that, that we've all gone through this last year and this world has gone through have been difficult, unprecedented. I believe 2021 is going to be a turning point in all aspects for your life personally, for your marriage, for your relationships, at your job, in your career, in our fellowship, in our church. This is our year, and because Christ is victorious, we can be victorious tonight. So tonight, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I